Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. It is uh, 3.08 here, 46 degrees and sunny outside. Beautiful, just beautiful outside on this Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Dry van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com. So how's everybody doing on this Wednesday? Halfway through the week, halfway closer to the weekend, but this weather's just been outstanding. I hope you're taking advantage of it. I've tried as much as I can doing a, you know, a lot of research and show prep and everything else. We have a good show lined up for you today. We're going to talk about a bunch of things. We're going to follow up on um, those liens that a Luzerne Borough Sewer Authority sent out to 82 uh, homeowners that were unbeknownst to them, owed to them. We talked about it, I believe, last week, the middle of last week, the end of last week. And uh, we got a little follow-up there, and but it's not a... It's it's good news in a way, but not so much of uh, not the status quo for our area, let's say that. At the 4 o'clock hour, I'm going to have Julie Grant. She's the host of Court TV's opening statement. She was a former... Uh, District attorney out in western Pennsylvania. She's now the host of the morning show opening statement on court TV on that uh, case out in Michigan where the jury found, uh, and this is a precedent-setting case, where the jury found the mother of the Michigan school shooter guilty of manslaughter. So we're going to talk about that. You know, court TV is pretty much my go-to to to get an overview of the cases going on across the nation. And uh, happy to have Julie on at the 4 o'clock hour. District attorney, lawyer, former district attorney, lawyer, um, and not unfamiliar with Pennsylvania. She went to school here in Pennsylvania. And uh, like I said, she was an assistant district attorney out in Allegheny County and uh, brings you all the details on court TV on that opening statement. So to be glad to have her. Some breaking news that started today was uh, a Marine helicopter, a heavy lift stallion CH-53 helicopter. It's a larger helicopter used by the Navy and the Marines, went missing from Las Vegas area to San Diego. They did it, uh, They started an extensive search when it was reported unaccounted for when it didn't show up at its base in Miramar in San Diego. And the helicopter has been located about an hour northwest of San Diego in the mountainous regions. I know the area pretty well because my good friend lived right there and from his back deck you could see those mountains you can often see the the ospreys or the helicopters and and the jets flying over that way there's snow cap there is some weather out in south southern california with that atmospheric river that's been slamming them with rain but in the mountains that is snow so they say that they've located the area of the helicopter but they're not giving they're not giving um any update Because it is in the mountainous regions, because it is snow-covered, they're saying getting teams there is challenging. I believe the uh, Civil Air Patrol found the location, but they're not saying the status. They're just saying that they located the helicopter. They're not saying they located a crash site. They're not saying that the helicopter was sat down. There's really not much news out there as far as the status of the helicopter, but they say they are trying to get assets there to search for the crew. This area also isn't far from where 
the West Coast Seer School, Search, Evasion, Survival, and Resistance School, is located on the West Coast. There's one here in Maine on the East Coast, and there's the one in uh, Southern California that's that's not far off from where this this crash site is. So it's not an area that's unfamiliar with them. It's out by Miramar, used to be the former Top Gun headquarters. If you've watched Top Gun and, and Tom Cruise, it's where the... Uh, the old Top Gun used to be before it was switched out to Fallon, Nevada a couple years ago, and the Marines took over that base in Miramar. So when we got an update, I've been following it pretty extensively, and just uh, within the last hour, they've announced that the missing helicopter has been found in the mountainous area outside of San Diego, but there's not much update other than that. So that's something that's breaking out of the West Coast. We're also going to talk about the continued attacks in the Red Sea from Iranian-backed Houthi rebels, where they continue to fire ballistic missiles that are continuing to need our military's interdiction to protect ships and themselves. So at what point? Obviously, a message wasn't sent. So at what point is enough enough? At what point do we send a stronger message? Excuse me here. Got a uh, logged out my computer. Yeah, that should get it back. Also, uh, NORAD had announced today. No, there's no specific time frame that uh, Russia high altitude bombers were detected near, not in, but near U.S and Canadian airspace off of Alaska, and they turned around on their own before any response from us was there. And I've said it on social media, and some of my military experts said it as well. This is nothing more than a flex from Russia after we sent B-2 bombers across the world to strike uh, the Iranian-backed rebels across the Middle East. We sent multiple B-2 bombers along with their support aircraft basically across the world. And because of that, you know, of course, Russia has to flex their muscles a little bit to, to, make, to show us that they can do the same. Not that they're across the world because there's really not much dis difference on their, their transiting when you're on that side of the, uh, the country. So that was another... Uh, Another breaking story today that uh, Russia was testing our alert system, which worked as it should. Uh, there was no need for any military interdiction on U.S.'s part because they did turn around before they came within U.S. airspace. But they were detected by the NORAD system, so that's a good thing. And again, nothing more than a flex by Russia to show, hey, we could do that too. So one of those tit-for-tat types things. Let me get to that story of the Luzerne Borough Sewer Authority. We talked about it last year, last week, I believe, the end of last week, where their solicitor filed liens on 82 homes for individuals they say that should have known they were owed these bills instead of sending them a final notice. That's what I said would have been the right thing to do, would have been the neighborly thing to do, would have been the... The common sense thing to do, listen, you did the research to find out who the no, new homeowners were. 
Give him 30 days and a final notice to pay whatever balance was due without filing a lien that necessitates a $250 legal fee and a lien cost. Well, the Luzerne Borough Sewer Authority on Tuesday voted to waive the fees and remove liens to remove liens. I'm sorry, waive fees to remove liens against property owners who claim they never received sewer bills. After hearing, hearing from multiple angry residents, authority members Frank Barber made a motion to waive the $250 in attorney fees if past sewer bills were paid within 30 days. That's what I said from the start. These, le- these liens shouldn't even happen. There should have been a, a final bill. Hey, you have 30 days to pay your bill in full or we're going to file a lien. But the solicitor, who was kind of short saying these fees and liens were non-negotiable, he also, the one who filed the liens on behalf of the authority and participated in a meeting via speakerphone, advised against the motion. So the solicitor, Jonathan Sporer, was the solicitor for the authority who filed the liens. Now, it just happens to be he's the one who collects that $250 fee for filing and removing the liens himself. So he advised against the motion. And his reasoning was, that's not fair to everyone who already paid their account in full. The sewer authority can't make a blanket resolution to that effect, Spora said. The policy of the sewer authority has not changed. The meeting continued for several more minutes until authority members Jason Toretto interjected that he agreed with Barber. Jonathan, I know you're going to hate me, but I second Frank's motion. The authority, which also includes Joseph Lyons, Joseph Kovalec, and Salvatore Barato, uh, Bataro, then voted 5-0 to zero to approve the motion. It was, uh, it was not immediately clear who, if anyone, will pay the fees associated with the removal of the lien. Sporer said he charges the authority for his time to file liens and remove the liens. Only the attorney who filed a lien is able to remove the lien, he said. Many in attendance accused Sporer of having profit motive by sending out the liens as he stood to make more than $20,000 in fees. Efforts to reach the solicitor after the meeting were not immediately successful. Now, we discussed this last week. The solicitor, Sporer, in December filed 82 liens against Luzerne Borough property owners after the authority's new bookkeeper notified him of past due accounts, some going back as far as seven years. Many of the people who received the lien said they didn't know the Luzerne Borough had a sewer authority fee and never got a bill. Prior to Barber's motion to waive the lien removal fee, Spora maintained property owners are responsible for knowing what bills they owe. As he said in previous media interviews, Spora said most of the properties that had liens filed against them were purchased in recent years and bills likely were mailed to previous owners. He said title companies, realtors, real estate attorneys, and the buyers themselves should have been aware of the Luzerne Borough fee. If a proper authority did a proper closing, the sewer authority would have been advised, Sporer said. Liens on the properties prevent them from being sold or more remortgaged until the outstanding debt is paid. Property owners in Luzerne pay $49 per unit per year in local fees to support and maintain the sewer infrastructure in the borough. The fee is in addition to any fees paid to the Wyoming Valley Sanitary Authority for treatment of sewage at its Hanover Township facility. 
After making his motions, Barber said he was notified that liens were being filed on delinquent accounts, but was unaware that many of the property owners never got bills. Prior to the motion, Bennett Street resident Kathleen Moser asked Spora, how the heck am I supposed to know there's a sewer fee in Luzerne? And his response is, it's coming on you as the owner to know that. It's not my fault that I am, and I'm very ticked off that you want to collect a $250 fee. That's absurd. The homeowner shot back, vowing not to pay the fee. Spora noted that the authority sent out final bill notices to delinquent accounts, but acknowledged they likely went to previous owners. He said that he then spent time researching Luzerne County property records to send out liens. Again, my question is, why didn't he, after he did the time spent researching Luzerne County property records, send out a final bill of delinquent accounts to the proper owners rather than just filing a lien. Now, if you add in the fact that he's going to collect $250 per lien, $20,000, may have your answer right there. And homeowners said that. Why couldn't you just deliver a bill before sending on a lien? That was never answered. It seems to be the right thing to do. Obviously, the commission voted 5-0 to zero to remove that fee, but the solicitor seems to think, well, hey, who's going to pay the lien then if you're not going to take it from them? I get paid $250 each. I believe it's time the Luzerne Borough Sewer Authority maybe look for a new solicitor, someone who's going to work more in turn, because even one of the Sewer Authority members himself stated during this, interaction at this meeting that he was unaware that these homeowners didn't get final notices and that final notices may have been sent to the previous owners. And again, this was a simple fix. You're the solicitor for the authority. You did the research. Obviously you bill the authority for your time to do that research. Not sending out a final notice, not the way to go. And obviously, the authority, thankfully, felt the same way. So we'll see where this goes and who ends up paying that $250 fee times 82. And uh, who continues to be the solicitor of the Luzerne County, the Luzerne Borough Sewer Authority as we move forward. But again, this jumped right out, out at me. This was a simple thing to do. But instead... It appears the solicitor had clouded judgment. Let's leave it at that. And hopefully the uh, authority looks into this a little bit deeper, maybe an executive session, and straightens it out. But they do owe the borough and the members who have liens an explanation. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Get involved with the conversation. Um, Texture brought up a great point. The number of property owners involved proved the knowledge of the sewer authority existed was not obvious. Yeah, I mean, a few slipping through the cracks, but having 82 means whatever system the authority had in tracking this and keeping tabs on it was not um, was not working, to say the least. And maybe the solicitor had something to do with that and not researching these things 
to begin with, before there was 82 that were unaccounted for, 82 that they lost track of homeownerships, transfer of properties. And again, I understand he wants to put the blame on everybody else but the authority, but you know what? The authority is the one who needs the money, right? They're the one who are, if you're getting a bill, you want to make sure the bill's going out to the right person to pay it. That would be uh, my guess. And most of the text messages I'm getting in are, are, are in agreement with that. Now, something else that we saw in uh, in our area was the PP&L bills that, we, that a lot of members were getting that were estimates and sky high for a lot of people. Well, the uh, customers and other interested parties have until 4.30, February 28th, to comment on a proposed $17.2 million settlement with the PP&L utilities related to major billing errors that plagued thousands of customers system-wide. The Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission said Monday the best way to file a complaint is use the PUC's free e-filing account at its uh, pa.puc.gov website. Now, this is just for comments on the settlement. The settlement has already been decided at $17.2 million. Comments can also be submitted by mail with overnight delivery recommended to ensure meeting the filing deadline using the following address. And there's an address there. Again, this is coming from today's Times Tribune, I believe. Anyone who comments should reference the PUC docket number for the case. Comments can be sent by mail, fax. After reaching a $17.2 million joint agreement with PPNL in November, the commission voted last month to open the settlement for public comment. The PPNL billing issues started in December of 2022 when the company discovered that customer data was not transferring from its meter data management software to its customer service system. The transfer problem resulted in sending only estimated bills. Later, human error caused additional incorrect bills to be issued while other customers received no bills or widely, wildly inaccurate bills, according to the settlement proposed by the PUC's Independent Bureau of Investigation and Enforcement. The PUC said from December 2022 to April, 48,000 PPNL accounts received no bills during one or more of the months. Between December and January, nearly 795,000 estimated bills were issued, with most estimates being about 10% more or greater than the actual customer usage of electricity. Under the proposed settlement, PPNL has agreed to pay $1 million fine and another $16.2 million in costs to settle complaints over the billing matter. The company has agreed to absorb the cost and not pass them on to the customer in future rate hikes. Uh-huh. And PPNL Electric with his subsidiary of PPNL Corp distributes electricity to 1.5 million customers in 25 east and central Pennsylvania counties. So I remember talking about this when it happened. A lot of people were getting bills that were outrageous and not for anything, but December, November, December, January, February are bad months not to get a bill. And then they double them up on you the next coming bill or two. And then if they estimated at 10% or higher, it whack you pretty good. And I, I remember callers after callers calling in here saying that their bills were outrageous. Some of them double what they normally were. And again, if you miss a bill, especially in a high heating month, if you have electric heat or, or just in the winter, you know, just Christmas lights and whatever else is going on during that time, it's a, it's a bad time to get whacked with uh, 
with that type of bill. So I'm glad to see the PUC on this. As for the pledge for PPNL not to make the ratepayer pay for this $17.2 million agreement in the future, <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. They'll come up with another reason, of course. The old shell game or bait and switch, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, sooner or later, we're all going to end up paying for it, right? Just the way it goes. It's uh, 331 here at WILK. We'll be back with the news after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 48 degrees and sunny here at 337. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Let's go to the phones now. We have uh, TJ from Wilkesbury on an event there tonight. TJ. Hey, what's up, Rob? How you doing, sir? Can you hear me? Yep, we got you. With our speaker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tonight at 6 p.m., it's a, it's a petition signing for Trump. Uh, Dan Muser, Rob Bresnahan, uh, Dan and Rob are going to be here. Also, Stacey Garrity is going to be here, petition signing. Uh, petition signing for Dave McCormick. He couldn't make it, but he, I guess he's sending a rep. There's going to be a lot of local people, Leanne McDermott, Pat Musto, uh, government study commission. So basically a big meet the candidates uh, petition signing. We're going to have a party. We're going to have uh, Sicilian pizza, round pizza, uh, Stromboli's, wings, soda. Uh, Mir Kern actually uh, is going to have uh, some beer on tap if anybody would like a beer. But basically, come on down. It starts at 6. You can come for 5 minutes. You can come for 15 or, or for 2 hours, whatever. Come mingle. We need to unite. We have to get out the mail-in vote. We need to work as a team. And, you know, Donald Trump has some big coattails, and we're going to be riding the wave. That's what Dan Muse are going to be here. Again, come here, meet us, sign the petitions. And also, if – now, this is a big if. If Trump comes to the Mohegan Sun Arena, uh, we were promised uh, – if he does come, we could get what's called expedited tickets. That means that you get him before general po- general uh, the, the population that goes in, you know, the general. But, again, it, it, I can only promise those if he shows up. But, yeah, we're going to have a great event, Patriot event. We're going to have four Patriot groups here, and one of them is a win again. Who are, well, they're going to teach us how to get out uh, the mail-in ballots so this way we can tell our aunts uncles, hey, listen, if you can't get to the polls, let, let it, let's make it easier for you because the Democrats are really kicking our butt there. We need to start kicking their butt. And, and where is it exactly? Oh, thank you so much. It's at the Wilkes-Barre Township Fire Hall. And it's at 150 Watson Street, Wilkes-Barre Township. That's 150 Watson Street, Wilkes-Barre Township. But if you can't remember that, the Wilkes-Barre Township Fire Hall, 6 p.m. 6 to what? 6 to 8 at least. Okay, 6 to 8 at least. And, you know, these things go on a little bit more depending on who's there and who's talking and who's not. Um, What's the petition specifically for? Just to get people on the ballot. It's uh, Pennsylvania, no matter if you run anything that's elected office, whether it's, you know, a committee person for the Republican Party, you need 10 signatures, or if you all the way up to a dog catcher, to whoever is on a ballot, you need to get petitions. There's so many signatures you need to get on the ballot. Obviously, the more people involved, come on, we really need your help. We really need to, you know, how bad does it have to get before people come out and get involved? That's my motto anymore. Uh, when I have a discussion with anybody politically, especially somebody that is on a, a you know, that has a different opinion of me, I go, how bad does it have to get? 
boys and girls bathroom, not bad enough. Third World War, not bad enough. Fifth, you know, 10 million illegals, 50,000 per illegal every year, not bad enough. Illegals beating up cops, not bad enough. When is it going to be bad enough that people start saying enough? I'm not violent for the Democrat Party. Enough is enough. It's bad enough. I'm going to vote for the bad guy because I need to be safe. I want America to be safe. I want to walk down the street. I don't want I want to be able to pay those energy bills. I want to be able to pay my food bills and I want to be able to go on vacation. Is it bad enough America? If it is, we got to get involved and we got to vote. Well, everyone's supposedly for a free and fair election, so this is part of that, right? Yeah, there's two parties that are going to go head to head on this and uh, you're having a petition signing for one of them. That's the way the system yep. works. So, so yeah, so come on down. So if you support, you know, you know, the stuff, you know, you know, try to be safe in America. Come on down. We need your support. Come on down, whether it's five minutes or for a couple hours. Love to have you here. Thanks, TJ, for the update. We'll see, we'll see if people are there from 6 to 8. We'll let you know tomorrow. Thank you, Rob. Sounds good. Take care. Yes. It's uh, 341. You were at the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Well, the NASDAQ is up 1.09%. It's 48 degrees and sunny outside at 345. It's the best news I could give you today. Uh, we're going to get more into Shapiro's budget later, but uh, Shapiro wants to add $1.1 billion in basic education funding with $100 million more for NEPA schools. It's interesting. There was the old Forge board discussed their superintendent resignation. There's mixed reaction. I get it. You're losing your superintendent. It's not a pleasant thing, but one of the board members wanted to blame uh, the the funding for the school and uh, not for nothing and, and I just want to raise my hand in class a little bit here o- Old Forge is one of the smallest school districts if not the school smallest school district in Lackawanna County where Scranton is obviously the largest school district in the county you're talking oh a little over $50,000 pay raise but even if you wanted to professionally grow wouldn't it make sense to go from one of the smallest school districts in the county to the largest and it not having to do with the pu- per-pupil spending and the fact that you don't have enough money to match? Even if Old Forge was able to match the salary of uh, of Scranton, wouldn't someone professionally want to take that next step for a bigger organization more complex, expand my professional career. I'm just throwing it around out here. I'm trying to find the... uh... Yeah, Vice President Robert Notary expressed disappointment that Keating is leaving for a higher-paying superintendent position in Scranton. He said her leaving was a reminder of the inadequacy of how public schools in the state are funded. A school six miles away can poach an employee they want by offering 30 or 40 percent more in salary and benefits that a small underfunded school couldn't even dream up. Well, not for nothing, but Scranton's, as per this policy, is underfunded as well. And if you look at what Shapiro's proposing, it looks like uh, Old Forge is scheduled to get 
almost 800,000 more, a 21.9% increase. But the Scranton School District is getting 17.5 million. More. A 25.2% increase. So I, I, I get yesterday we had the, the Scranton Federation of Teachers president saying that she'll cooperate with the new superintendent um, like you have a choice. And today we have an old Ford school board member. You're trying to throw the per pupil spending and the inadequacy in school funding as the reason they're losing a superintendent. And I, I, I again, I beg to disagree there. Now, the initial salary at Scranton is 170000 where the salary in Old Forge was 117000 But even if they were able to match, if you were looking to professionally grow, why would you not want to take the lead of the largest school district in the county? One of the largest in the Northeast, as opposed to the, one of the smallest in the county. It, that's just a no-brainer if you're looking to grow as a professional. And money has little to do with that. I mean, believe me, it makes a, I'm sure it makes a difference. Fifty, A little over $50,000 is, is nothing to sneeze at. But with the workload in, included in that, it, I find it hard to believe that it's a money thing. And, and for the vice president of the Old Forge School Board, and, and I understand why you're, you're angry. You, you're obviously losing, from everything I read, a good leader. And now you have to do a search for another leader, and it's going to make your job harder as a school board member because you're going to have to go through all these things. But that's just the easy way out. It's because of our state funding. It's because of the inadequacy in funding. Again, you throw all the money you want at education. It obviously hasn't helped. We have to look to do something different. It's uh, 350 here at WILK. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM. It's 48 degrees and sunny still here at uh, 354 on this Wednesday, February 7th, 2024. The Rob O'Donnell Show is brought to you by Road Scholar Transport. You have unique shipping needs, and Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Drive van, temperature controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com, and I appreciate them for sponsoring the Rob O'Donnell Show this and every day. Uh, going through some of the numbers here, of again, this is just the governor's proposal, and it coincides with the, the legal battle that was just had. Would increase basic education funding by 13.6% to school districts statewide and 19.6% to school districts in Luzerne, Lackawanna, Schuylkill, and Wyoming counties. School districts in those counties would get an increase of $99.7 million, which would boost their allocation total to nearly $609 million for the 2024. Hazleton area is looking at a 37.8% increase, would total nearly $20.5 million, the largest amount in the region. Scranton's 25.2% increase would be an addition of nearly $17.7 million. Wilkes-Barre area, 32.5% boosts is the second largest percentage increase in the region and would total $15.4 million. Wilkes-Barre area and five other school districts, William Penn, Panther Valley, Lancaster, Greater Johnson, and Shenandoah Valley, filed a lawsuit against the state challenging the school funding system. 
some of the winners and losers as opposed to this. Let me see if I can bring it back up again to where I could read it. In Lackawanna County, your lowest increases would be um, my home school district, Lakeland. is only looking at a 6.8%, a little over $530,000. You have uh, North Pocono. I'm sorry, North Pocono is the lowest, 2.5%. They're only getting 264000 more. So you have North Pocono, Lakeland, Dunmore, and Abington Heights would be your lowest Increases in the Lackawanna County. Your largest again would, of course, be Scranton with seventeen point almost seventeen point six million. You have Carbondale area at two point five five million. You have Mid Valley one point three million, and uh, Riverside one almost one point one point six six million. In Luzerne County, your biggest winners would be uh, Hazleton area. Again, 20.4, almost 20.5 million. Wyoming area, I'm sorry, Wilkes-Barre area, 15 point, almost 15.4 million extra. Wyoming Valley West at 8.5, just under 8.5. Greater Nanakoke area at four, four point, almost 4.1 million. Your lowest in uh, Luzerne County would be, let me see here, Northwest area. You're only getting almost 62,000. And Lake Lehman, 90, looks like 98,000. Again, it's very small print. So those would be your, your least there. Schuylkill County, your biggest winners would be um, Pottsville area, Shenandoah Valley, and Tamaqua area. Your lowest in Schuylkill County would be uh, Schuylkill Haven area. Wyoming area, Lackawanna Trail is looking at only uh, 233,000 extra. And Tuncanic area is only looking at uh, 176,000. So those are your, your big winners and losers for the area. And again, it's more money than they've already allocated. So everything's a win here. And again, this is the governor's proposal. This needs to go through the process. There are a lot of questions on where this money's coming from. Shapiro proposed reforming low proposed reforming how cyber charter schools are funded. School districts pay charter school tuition for students who live in the district. And Shapiro recommends a flat tuition rate of eight thousand for cyber schools instead of using the current formula, which results in a varying rates and provides the same amount per student that a brick and mortar charter school received. Shapiro's budget would increase higher education funding by 10.4 and add 160 million to the allocation of 1.7 billion and includes 970 million for a new system that combines community college and the Pennsylvania state system of higher education schools. That's a 15% increase. Now, this is going to, like I just said, combine PASHI, which is your Clarions, Bloomsburg, Shippensburg, uh, East Stroudsburg, the Pennsylvania state school systems, which they already had a West Coast and East Coast co uh, combining of that. My daughter was part of that in Clarion. 
just to say that the things didn't work out for the better out there. And if you've been part of that consolidation here in the East with Bloomsburg and a couple of the others, or out West with Clarion, Edinburgh, and a few of the out there, what's your experience with that? Because my experience as having someone in that system was it was not a consolidation for the better. Still getting an education, but it's uh, less than it was in a whole college experience, I'd say. So to combine it with the uh, community college will be something else.